Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. We interact with technology every single day, whether it's logging into a computer to check emails, checking your social media on a cell phone, or even using a hand scanner at work. Wearable tools are also making advancements with smart watches and the less common, smart glasses. No matter how you look at it, these wearable solutions are seeing growth in supply chain and material handling as augmented reality or AR seeks to boost worker productivity. And so in this episode, we're going to be chatting with two gentlemen who specialize in this technology and discussing how they can help level up your workforce. Uh, Seth, Brian, thanks for joining us. Can you start by introducing yourself to our audience, please? I'm Brian Ballard. I uh, was recently the co-founder and CEO of Upskill, a pioneer in the AR industry. And I am now with TeamViewer via acquisition where I lead a lot of our customer delivery work, which includes uh, a significant body of work in the material handling space. So this is right up our alley. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Seth Patton. I am the CEO and founder of Exologix and Logistiview. And Exologix is a uh, implementation services firm and a consulting firm that specializes in implementing warehouse software technologies. So uh, warehouse management, execution, et cetera. And then Logistiview, the primary reason we're here today talking, is a software company that builds a next generation warehouse execution platform with a special, uh, you know, kind of some special capabilities around uh, human experience and user experience, including augmented reality and smart classes. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, as you know, we've discussed AR or augmented reality in the past. And whenever we've talked about these solutions, we've, we've often discussed them in conjunction with VR, virtual reality. Uh, first question is for you, Seth. Uh, why don't you tell us, you know, what is the biggest difference uh, between the two technologies, AR and VR? Absolutely. So um, there's there's some pretty substantial differences. Um, virtual reality is exactly that, virtual. It replaces your reality with an alternate reality, or at least that is the desired objective. So you typically, in a virtual reality environment, you wear a headset, um, and sometimes you have other sensors and tools maybe in your hands, or you might have uh, tracking sensors uh, you know, on your body somewhere else if you're using a more complex setup. The idea is that it gives you the ability to immerse yourself in an alternate reality that is not your current reality. So virtual reality is something that you would use in a simulation environment, something that you would use uh, intentionally to experience a situation, uh, particularly as it pertains to our audience here, um, things like training. Um, I know one of the most uh, well-known uh, solutions of, you know, of VR in this space is actually virtual uh, forklift training. So you can train on a forklift, um, experience some common scenarios, and not actually have to be physically driving the lift while you're first learning. That's a fantastic use case of technology to give you the ability to understand situations. Obviously, it's not going to change your ability to uh, – it's not going to remove your ability uh, or your need to really get a real-world training environment as well. So VR is usually used as a starting point to get across um, – you know, kind of get across the basics 
and present you with ideas and uh, and train your brain to think a certain way and expect what to see. And then you progress on into the real world uh, you know, scenario. So virtual reality is all about immersion. Augmented reality is actually the exact opposite. It's all about keeping you in the real world, but giving you digital information in the real world that makes your perception of the world better. So how can we take what you see in front of you? How can we take the things that you see with your eyes, the things that you hear with your ears, and how can we add additional information to them to make it so that you know more about your surroundings with the digital assistance? You know, literally reality augmented. That's the, you know, that's the, the whole concept. Um, is It's all about giving you data information that you did not have otherwise that potentially helps you make a better decision, a safer decision, a faster decision, any number of different uh, you know different factors there. So virtual reality takes you out of the world and puts you in a completely different world. Augmented reality takes you deeper into the world your you know your physical world around you by giving you information that you wouldn't necessarily have if you didn't have the technology. Now, I know we're here to see how this technology is giving the existing workforce a, a, a real-life power-up, so to speak. But it just occurred to me that AR devices and technology could be used to to expand this workforce, too, perhaps by uh, improving accessibility for people who who might have sight or, or hearing impairments. Brian, do you think that's something you could talk to uh, for a little bit? Absolutely. So, you know, when you think about like the the different types of paradigms that that are emerging in terms of like connected computing, augmented reality, I think, you know, as you pointed out in in kind of your question, has a huge uh, like footprint within like the potential in the enterprise or industrial spaces, like at work. It has just as big an impact at home eventually because you're able to bring additional context into the environment you're in. If you, for instance, were hard of hearing, augmented reality could provide you visual cues that would make up for the lack of hearing. If you were, example that it's, that's real right now, there's some folks who have um, visual impairment and they might have a particular blind spot in their, in their field of view that augmented reality can add or make up for that by providing different contextual cues to let them know, hey, shift your eyesight a little to the left or the right so you can see that thing that you would have otherwise missed. It's, it's really fascinating um, the types of applications people have pursued using augmented reality as a improvement of the you know, sort of the human computer interface. And, and part of this is because there is no interface more intimate than what's right in front of your eyes. Like it's, it is the way people process information um, at the highest rate of, of compute in terms of like what our brains and our eyes can do together. So it's it's a it's a pretty um, fascinating uh, capability when you look at what you can solve with this, and I, I would say the thing I would expect in terms of the maturity of this technology going forward is sort of how you know the cell phone has permeated every phase of our life. So if I want to know something, I pull my phone out of my pocket. The next leap of this technology is augmented reality will be always on for all of us at all times at some point in the future, and it will just be part of life if. I'm looking at something and, and I don't know what it is. My augmented reality capability can run a visual query on me and or on it and just tell me what it is. And that's that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I think the you know the science fiction storytellers have been like kind of poking at for a while and now finally physics is catching up. Seth, how about you? Anything to add there? 
What's nice about augmented reality technologies, most people, when they think about augmented reality, they think about the movies. You know, they think of Iron Man or something like that. And that is, of course, science fiction. But a lot of parts of that, you know, part, parts of that methodology are, you know, in, in many ways, somewhat achievable. So augmented reality can be the addition of audible information, not just the addition of visual information. It can be the addition of haptic feedback. So if you have a device like an Apple Watch that taps your wrist when you have, you know, when you're about to go to a meeting or something like that, that's actually versions of digitally augmented reality. And so if you have someone, for example, who's you know, low sight, you can actually instruct them via, via audible instructions, or you can instruct them via haptic feedback or things like that. All those different pieces of technology that can appeal to whichever sense is the best sense to appeal to for the given worker, all those types of technology can be used in an augmented reality ideology to help that person make better, more informed, safer decisions. So the straight answer is absolutely it's possible. In fact, you know, some of the work we've done with, uh, you know, with, a, with a couple of different um, nonprofit organizations is look into and evaluate the possibility for using augmented reality to assist low site workers, again, with audible and, you know, and haptic feedback. It's not again. It's not a perfect answer. It's not like there's just this magic, you know, this magic silver bullet that uh, that solves that problem. And I think the technology will advance over time to make it even better and give you know give even more possibilities to um, you know folks with every different kind of um, you know of sensory disability to focus the or uh, you know their effort on the senses that work best for them. Okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. What would be the ideal usage for augmented reality in the supply chain? And what existing problems does this help solve? Brian, if we could start with you. Excellent question. Um, And this one's honestly near and dear to my heart. My first job, I think I was probably 14, was working in a warehouse moving boxes, you know, where the directions were coming from a printed out piece of paper, uh, you know, back when it was like dot matrix. So, you know, I look back at that and it was a while ago. Uh, it's surprising how little has changed in the way a lot of companies do material handling. And if you think about the the advances that have happened, so much has gone into the backend warehouse optimization process. Like, you know where your materials are all around the world. You know where they are on a, on a train, on a, on a pallet somewhere. The inf- and when I say you in that case, the company knows this information. Your systems of record know this information. But what has not really dramatically changed in the last couple decades is the access of information to the person who's physically engaged with with the goods that they're trying to move. Um, And that could be in a cardboard box sort of style warehouse where everything's just that brown brown box with a barcode on it. It could be uh, materials that you're bringing forth to the manufacturing site within a warehouse and, and combined manufacturing facility. It could be in your grocery store or the supply chain from a, a CPG vendor. How you get that information to the people moving those goods from the shelf to the next pot, spot in the process uh, can be dramatically improved by this heads-up display augmented reality capability. And what I mean by that is when I am... Uh, you can't see me on the podcast right now, but when I have my head up looking at the job I'm doing and both of my hands are free to engage in the manipulation, picking up, putting down, counting those products, putting them in the right spot, I am way faster and I have much less errors 
when I do it that way. And this comes down to when I provide people a visual cue, it's always in their field of view. They're not trying to memorize things. They're not kind of picking up, putting down the piece of paper or the tablet or, or you know, hand scanner that they're holding. They're able to do everything fairly naturally. And because there's no sort of hand manipulation of the data, like your accuracy goes up and the speed by which you're interfacing back with that system of record or that, you know, that one source of truth, uh, you become a lot more accurate and efficient. So uh, we can unpack that a lot further, but at a high level, that's what it comes down to. Human efficiency and accuracy goes up dramatically with the addition of augmented reality. Seth, other use cases that you can add? So in, inside a warehouse, especially picking is the place where most companies start from an augmented reality perspective. Logistview has you know, companies that use augmented reality for picking. We also have companies that use augmented reality for sortation. You know, think of a virtual put wall, um, you know, kind of like pick to light um, or put to light, except that it's using augmented reality instead of using physical lights bolted to a shelf. All of those, you know, all those use cases are very frequently, um, you know, considered for augmented reality. There are other more niche use cases that are um, kind of specific to a given customer's needs where AR becomes particularly useful. For example, one of our customers is looking at the, the possibility of doing uh, receiving with augmented reality. And specifically what they're doing is they're looking to be able to do receiving with computer vision and augmented reality so that they can look at a box and be able to have the box you know, be read through OCR because they want to help or they want to help the worker decide how to sort that box and what PO to receive it against and things like that. Those are examples that are not necessarily going to be universal for every company, but certain companies have a very high need for those types of, uh, of solutions. And that's where augmented reality is a tool inside a broader supply chain technology, particularly broader warehouse execution technology platform. It has to be connected into the rest of your processes in a way that makes sense. Augmented reality is not just a single, you know, it's, it's not just like you say, hey, I, I get AR and it solves all my problems. But if you use AR as a tool within your toolkit inside your warehouse, there are certain processes and specifically um, for certain types of companies where it can make a big, big difference very, very quickly. And that's where Logistiview includes AR as part of our platform because we see that as a next generation enabler for you know, for the workforce. And we want to work that into all the places where it makes the most sense to work it into. Are there any specific AR use cases you can share with us outside of picking? The number one use case for Logistiview at this point is definitely warehouse picking. You know, that's where most companies start with, uh, you know, with warehouse picking. And that's because depending on what statistic you look at, somewhere between 50 and 55% of warehouse labor is in the picking function alone. And if you consider that across the, you know, receive, put away, uh, you know, replenish, pick, pack, ship, etc., the picking portion is 55% of that. It's obviously the, the, the largest bucket to go in search of, of uh, productivity improvements. So a lot of folks start with picking as, uh, as the place where, you know, where they use Logistiview first. But in our customer base, we have companies using the solution for cycle counting. Um, so, you know, in, in this, in one, one specific instance, the customer has a, um, they're, they're a high value apparel uh, retailer. 
And so they have a very, very unique and data intensive counting process. They want to track every single item very carefully because these items are very valuable. And so that process is very data intensive. And they were they came to Logistiview to help make that data intensive process as simplistic as possible. And so we were able to give them a very clean, almost a grocery scan style type of picking process that allowed them to capture all this complex data without having to do um, a ton of thinking and sortation and everything else. You know, so packing, auditing, um, you know, quality inspection. We have companies using the solution for um, you know, for things like uh, data collection and, um, you know, and, um, you know, work order assembly type of operations. Um, you know, one of our customers does uh, manufacturing assemblies for uh, Peterbilt trucks. You know, so you have this, uh, you know, this large, uh, you know, obviously these large components that have to be put together and then uh, eventually end up becoming part of, you know, of a truck. You know, all these different use cases are tailored to the customer's needs. You know, what is the, the challenge that they're struggling with that they want to improve upon? And then um, you know, we bring in our technology to help them improve on that process. Before we move on, Brian, I just want to go back to you and any other uh, use cases to add to that? The kind of cool thing about um, where we are in, in market adoption right now is there are more and more public use cases or reference cases. Um, you know, when this first started, a lot of companies look at this as, okay, this might be my secret sauce. I'm going to keep this under wraps. Um, but if you, you know, want to hop over to YouTube and look for use cases like uh, DHL and vision picking, that's using our frontline technology uh, in third-party logistics, so fulfillment. So let's say I'm buying from, you know, my supply chain and DHL may be the uh, local warehouse that provides all of the third-party logistics to move the, the backlog of inventory I may be um, storing there's a pretty good chance that the person picking it is wearing a pair of smart glasses. That uh, order is issued to them. They'll see it in their field of view, be guided directly to where it's stored in the shelf, allow them to QA the, the pick process and then bring it to you uh, faster. This is super important when you think about how much the world is shifting to just-in-time ordering or same-day shipping or next-day delivery, uh, same-day delivery now. The ability to very quickly issue a pick, make sure it's right, and get it out the door is a massive competitive advantage. So like we're seeing more and more adoption. And a lot of folks are looking at these pioneering use cases saying, wow, okay, it works. It works for some of the largest companies in the world. I can take this leap too, which leads to uh, another use case. We have shipped um, millions and millions of products. Um, uh, well, we, sorry, our customers have shipped millions and millions of products that have been picked or moved or staged with smart glasses. An example of this is Coca-Cola. Um, their Hellenic bottling uh, company has deployed smart glasses uh, running our frontline software across, um, I think, about a dozen of their uh, physical uh, bottling plants. This enables them to build pallets of the product that they're shipping out to different retailers, distribution centers, um, uh, quickly and more accurately. And that's an example where the old process was paper or tablet based, uh, where the person's trying to both push and pull a pallet jack or a forklift while holding the information that, that's directing that person where to go. Uh, and now they're able to work hands-free focused on you know the task and the job around them so they're faster and they're safer which is a which is awesome to, to see happening 
We also have use cases in manufacturing. Um, these are less uh, public, but the basic use case is around kitting, which is where I have my uh, logistics staff or warehouse material handlers are pulling the components necessary to do the next build out of the warehouse and staging areas and moving it to the assembly facility or assembly lines. Um, and it's a complex dance to make sure they're picking the next uh, set of materials right as the last build is moving off the assembly plate so that the cart that they may be pulling up with all of the different components is ready to go when the assembly technician turns to get them. What's cool about these use cases are it's not about just putting a bunch of objects in a box and shipping it to a customer. It's a specific layout on the cart that drives the highest uh, productivity speed for the assembler because they're expecting parts in a certain order or layout or orientation. And with smart glasses, we can better guarantee that because we're showing the person not only where to go, we show them where to put it on the cart, the exact orientation of the object. And there, we can also add in, uh, which is kind of cool, um, artificial intelligence and computer vision assisted uh, verification that they did it right before it goes to staging. So these, again, are things that you just can't do with a paper process, but augmented reality becomes this incredible human computer interface. How about the adoption of these you know, human computer systems? What does that look like? What we're generally coaching customers who are first exploring augmented reality in the supply chain is we look at where they have digitalized backend processes. Let's say you have an SAP warehouse management system that, that is you know, more or less the operating system for your warehouse or your, your logistics process. You've already made the biggest you know, fundamental change I think a company needs to do to be able to embrace this technology is you have a digital system of record. From there, we would connect into that with the software that runs on top of these augmented reality devices, which in our world um, is called Frontline. And uh, we have a, a hyper-focused component of Frontline called XPIC, which by its name is aimed at uh, the supply chain solutions. But it interfaces with backend systems that provides everything the user and the company needs to define whatever specialized workflows they may have as part of their material process, all of the you know, sort of support and training capabilities you need to show people how to use it and help somebody you know, get onboarded to the technology. But then the new part in this is just user acceptance testing. Seeing your information in a pair of glasses that you may be wearing on your face is, is like seeing the future. So for a lot of folks, that's the first time they've ever experienced it. So you provide this capability to the workforce. You show them the benefits of it. You make sure that your assumptions of how that business work are right. Um, that way, the users have the easiest time adopting it. And you know, from there, it's about scaling. Like, do you move it to more warehouses? Do you go deeper in that supply chain facilities process? But that's kind of the basics of how you get started. But it comes down to, at the end of the day, integrating the connected worker tools that run on the smart glasses with your system of record. And what about those who may not have had the, you know, made the leap yet into digital? If you are not yet digitalized, meaning you have, you, you're running everything off of a paper process, there's generally a maturity step that you want to take and invest in first, which is getting your warehouse itself um, and the records associated with it or your supply chain process digitalized. Once you do that, then the adoption of wearable technology is much easier. Good news is logistics is one of the most mature digital segments of the enterprise right now. 
Thanks, Brian. Seth, what about from the people perspective? I'm just imagining someone experienced on the job suddenly being asked to incorporate this new technology and wondering, you know, what, what the reaction might be. Anytime you introduce new technology in a frontline workforce, you know, there's a number of things to consider. Um, first of all, folks want to do their job and they want to know what their job is. And so when they go to work every day and they're used to, you know, carrying around a sheet of paper or they're used to carrying around a, you know, handheld RF gun or something like that. And then you tell them, oh, your job is going to change. It doesn't even matter what about the job is changing. It's all about the feeling that change creates within somebody. And especially when they're not necessarily in love with technology, you know, the idea of, you know, my dad taking on a pair of smart glasses to help him do his job better. He would say, I've been doing this for years. I don't need smart glasses to make me any faster or better. Um, Or, you know, maybe I see how they might be more valuable, but I I don't actually want to learn them. It just feels complicated. And that feeling of fear that, you know, that naturally comes out of change is something that is normal. It's it's actually part of all human psychology. And and we, we have to deal with that, whether we're talking about, you know, switching from a PC to a Mac in the office or whether we're talking about switching from a handheld device to smart classes in the warehouse. And so the first thing we do is try and work with our customers to introduce the technology in a way that is, you know, that is comfortable and that gives folks the opportunity to ask questions and and understand the technology that they're taking on. What we find is that most people in fact, the vast majority of, of folks who uh, use smart glasses actually end up finding the experience to be positive for their work environment. And so there are certainly situations where you know, some folks maybe you know, can't find a good place where they can see uh, the glasses, you know, where, they, where they can see the display on the glasses or something like that. But even there, we have a lot of solutions to help remedy that problem and give them a feeling of a good user experience where they, you know, where they actually like the technology. And so the adoption rate, you know, it's well there's definitely a change management process involved. You know, you can't just throw them out on the floor and just say, "Okay, put them on and start using them." You do have to train people on the new technology and give them time to adapt to it. But once you've done that, um, by and large, you know, the workforce finds them to be helpful because the other thing we're trying to do is we're trying to make their job easier. How can we cut out pointless steps? If they were used to pressing extra buttons on the, you know, on the handheld device and they hated having to press enter four times every single time they entered a transaction, just because that's what the system wanted them to do, Logistiview helps take all of that away. And so by simplifying the process, we also try to communicate with the workforce, hey, we're doing this not just for the management to get better data and not just for the IT team to have uh, you know, accurate transaction data, but we're really doing it to also help you hopefully find your job to be um, you know, less cumbersome and, uh, you know, and, and a little bit easier. And so in that way, it, it kind of becomes a win-win. Management gets a win because they have you know, hopefully people performing at a higher level and better visibility to that performance. And then for the workforce, they have a process and a technology that's easier to use and less cumbersome so they can focus on you know, getting their tasks done. We find that most frontline workers love that idea that the system gets out of their way because they've, they're used to the system being in the way. And so if we can make the system get out of the way, 
and let them focus on their job, they tend to pr- appreciate that, uh, that mindset. As we draw to a close, I want to thank you both for sharing what you have. No doubt this, is, you know, this conversation is jam-packed with, with value. Um, but before we wrap, I want to make sure that the both of you have the opportunity to share any final tidbits or, or advice or comments that, that are worthy of sharing with our audience. And Seth, perhaps we can start with you. One of the most misunderstood things about augmented reality is the idea that it replaces everything else that you know that a user would know or would be familiar with uh, about uh, you know about their environment. You know, if I switch to smart glasses, you know, it's not going to be anything like the handheld scanner that I had before. It's going to be completely different, and everything I do is going to be very different. And I think one of the things that's most important to understand is that augmented reality is part of an overall tool set. It doesn't replace voice instructions, for example. In fact, Logistiview gives voice instructions in addition to augmented reality. It doesn't replace RF scanning. In fact, Logistiview has, you know, has uh, almost every one of our customers uses a uh, wireless um, you know, ring scanner or you know, some type of handheld scanner to interact with the system, even if they're using smart glasses. And so augmented reality is a tool that helps people make better decisions, but it's actually part of an overall toolkit that includes all the technologies that are already familiar, such as RF scanning, voice instruction, you know, text on a screen, um, you know, a, you know, a, a, a traditional text-based screen. All of those different pieces of instruction are cumulative with augmented reality. They're not replaced. You know, augmented reality doesn't replace all of those things. And so I think one thing that we commonly hear people talk about is, well, you know, what's it like in augmented reality? You know, what, what it must be totally different. And, and the reality is that that's not really true. It's actually very similar to all the, you know, to all the technologies that already exist, just with the added ability to create, you know, visual instructions and sometimes audible instructions that are a new way to introduce data. It's not necessarily, not, not necessarily about changing everything you do. It's about adding additional ways to give you instructions or to give you information, you know, that are are added on top of the existing systems that everybody already knows. So I think that's a common misconception and one that's worth calling out. Brian, what would you add? Maybe one of the the things um, that might just be encouraging for uh, employers to hear is the acceptance among uh, the people who are actually wearing them, which you know very frequently is different than the people who are investing in new technologies. Like that may be your innovation managers or your operations managers, but the technicians, the logisticians, the feedback from the people who are actually wearing this technology is extremely high. Um, and I think that's, that's super encouraging. All right, gentlemen, as we draw to a close, thank you for being here with us. And, and thank you for listening at home in your car or in your office to this episode of MHI Cast featuring Brian Ballard and Seth Patton. Uh, thank you again, gentlemen, for sharing your insight and empowering this community. Hey, if you'd like to explore augmented reality solutions, keep an eye out for the article in MHI Solutions Magazine, as well as make plans to attend Modex uh, to check out the AR solutions on display next March in Atlanta, Georgia. Just visit modexshow.com to learn more. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.